This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Beating the Brooklyn Nets, 114-103. to Brooklyn, of course, the solo stylings of Kyrie Irving. Very fantastical, but doing it in this game without Kevin Durant and without James Harden. So guys like Bruce Brown, DeAndre Jordan, maybe a little bit Landry Shamet, Joe Harris, those guys, and Jeff Green. How could I forget Jeff Green, who I think is the best big man on the team, for the record. But all those guys factored in a little bit more in this one than usual, perhaps. The Raptors, for the first time in some time, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, Ananobi, Van Vliet, and newly minted center, Kem Birch, occupied the starting lineup. Gary Trent Jr. no longer starting. The Raptors with their normal backcourt for the first time in a long time. The gruesome twosome, as it were, if uh, for all the It's Always Sunny fans out there. So <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I hope you enjoy it. Pascal and OG. Large part of this game, absolutely dominating offensively and a lot of standout defensive plays as well. Very nice to see. Pascal has really had an up-and-down season, and I've, I've been of the mind that he's been much, much better than a lot of Raptors fans give him credit for, but it has been up and down despite, you know, he's made significant significant strides as a passer. That kind of stuff goes on. That was definitely evident in this game. But it's very nice to see him kind of packaged together 27, 9, and 6 on 50, 40, 83 splits. That's a very, very good Pascal Siakam game. And when you consider how much, you know, defensive coverage he allows them to play with on the on the defensive side of the court, it's a, it's a very big thing, especially with how um, keyed into Kyrie Irving they were. Obviously, the Nets, they are a team built to supplement stars. When those stars are missing like, you know, James Harden and Kevin Durant are tonight, then the onus is more on those guys and obviously a very large onus on Kyrie Irving, for example, to produce. And the Raptors loaded up on him a lot, you know, pinching in a lot more, the cheating off of their guys in the corners a lot more, the defense lifting up, just way more in tune to him than they might have been otherwise. And Pascal Siakam, whether we're talking recovery after the team is adjusting and kind of shading Kyrie Irving, recovering out to a guy, 
or being the guy who's shading and showing some defensive coverage that way. He was impactful. OG and Anobi had a few possessions where he was the primary on Kyrie Irving. And I thought he did a fairly good job. Kyrie's a tough guy to stick with. And, you know, OG can stick with basically any point guard. He can, as far as foot speed and that kind of stuff, OG's smart enough. He's fast enough. And he has the length to catch up on a lot of guys. But Kyrie is a guy who, you know, if you start playing catch up with him, he can just start going a lot of different ways if you get behind. But So OG did a pretty good job of staying in front in those possessions. But the this game, I think the biggest takeaway outside of, you know, everybody's kind of back in tow. You beat a pretty good team. I, it's without Harden. It's without KD. There are caveats to be sure. But this, considering who is playing in this game, that the Raptors are really not shorthanded anymore. Rodney Hood, Paul Watson, as far as I th- believe, are the two guys who... Yeah, and Jalen Harris as well. Those guys were injured for this game, but you play who's in front of you, as many teams have been doing with the Raptors. They come together, and some of the classic Kyle Lowry plays and Fred VanVleet plays were on display tonight. The bench, while not having anybody you know, standing out significantly as scorers, I think they all plugged in at different points in time defensively quite well. And then with, I think it's what, six guys, five guys who are scored four points or more. The the Raptors bench, there's some nights where they're scoring like 12 points, you know, 12 to 15 points. When you get five, 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 four and four, I guess 23 points, it's not, it's not a lot of points, but it's just, there's a couple guys who give you a couple buckets. So it kept the defense more honest because they were seeing different guys score the ball. You have to react a certain way to Pascal Siakam, for example, if he's going to be able to play make and other guys are going to be able to score off of his gravity. Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet included in that as well. And OG, to some degree, there's been a little bit more of a playmaking pop lately in the season. He's shown you know a little bit of a bent for that, but one assist in this game, it wasn't a huge feature. He was mostly just pouring it in. And pour it in, he did. It's... You know, taking guys off the dribble. Blake Griffin, we've talked about this a million times ad nauseum. He, he's taken Bam Adebayo off the dribble. He's taken Miles Turner off the dribble, Demona Sabonis. Impressive big man and less impressive big man. He took Blake Griffin off the dribble tonight. I don't care who the big man is. I've seen him, I've seen him beat really good big man defenders. I think the important thing is that he's going to take big men off the dribble. I've written about this. I've talked about this. He continues to reinforce this idea. It's very much a part of his game. I appreciate that. I appreciate that he hunts that as much as he does. And he did in this game. Relocating for spot-up threes, filling the proper lanes in transition, and just forming up off of drives in the half court. OG is, you know, he's he's fantastic. And then there's on-ball stuff that he did tonight as far as driving, getting to spots, and getting to the bucket. That was fantastic, too. Couldn't be happier with OG's, his whole thing tonight. Super impressive. I talked about his defense on Kyrie earlier. Pascal, he, he was the best player on the floor tonight. I, that's It's close with Kyrie. I totally get that. And I if you say Kyrie, that's totally fine. Kyrie was extremely impressive in this game, especially considering how much attention was paid to him. But Siakam, not only offensively, but defensively, helped drive these Raptors to a win in this game and I just the defensive range that I talked about earlier mixed with his ability to pass while coming downhill and out of the post 
it gives teams headaches because they know that he can play make from a bunch of different spots in this game quite sharp. I know that the turnovers were a bit of a worry for some people earlier in the year, but that has been that's kind of been papered over and then cemented over. It's it was a problem. He improved a slight amount and now it's you feel pretty good with Pascal and having the ball in his hands that it's not going to result in a turnover. There's some late game stuff that's kind of, you know, propped up, but that's it's not too big a deal. He's taking pretty good care of the ball relative to the types of looks he's providing for his teammates. Not only that, but a little bit of spot-up juice in this one and his ability to get to the rim, to put pressure on the nets. It's not really emulated elsewhere on the roster, so that was really nice to see. He and OG, I felt, complemented each other extremely well on both ends of the floor. And then you have Fred and Kyle, who are both just trying to figure their way back into the lineup and get kind of used to the quirks and rhythms of NBA basketball again. They've been so on and off. A little bit of Fred's explosion has been taken away from them. The hip stuff with point guards, especially small guards who rely on, you know, being able to kind of be durable because you have to play kind of tough when you're small and have a little bit more explosion. And those discrete athletic plays that it's all about, you know, torque and stuff like that. And a lot of torque comes through your hips. It's you just want to make sure that Fred is in a good spot. Hip stuff is no joke. Isaiah Thomas, who is extremely explosive has been robbed of that to a large degree he had hip problems and he just never got it figured out so Fred kind of taking it easy offensively in this game but I still think pretty good defensive showing and mostly just going to the tune of Pascal Siakam and to a lesser degree OG Ananobi playmaking for him playing off of him nice to see Lowry as always he's just trying to figure his way into the game the Raptors have been kind of shuffling the hierarchy of the offense a lot lately, which makes sense. They've been a bunch of different players are coming in and out of the lineup all the time. Chris Boucher is Tracy McGrady one game. Paul Watson is the next. You know, Gary Trent Jr. is dropping 44 in another. It's just been really up and down, and that's cool to see, and I'm glad for those guys. But the Raptors, if they want success, they have to have more of a modicum of consistency. And Pascal Siakam, with games like this, vaulting himself to the top of the hierarchy is a really good thing. And as we've seen, once Kyle Lowry knows who he's supposed to be playing off of, he can really tune himself in to do that to a very high degree. In this game, going through the motions, trying to figure out how to do that, and then really finding his stride in the third quarter and onward, I think. So that was really nice to see. Defensively, it really popped off in the, well, from the second quarter onwards, I think they did a much better job. They're having a lot of trouble containing Kyrie and, you know, him passing out of all of the attention that they gave him because he's getting past his primary defender. He's getting downhill. He's stirring up the defense. But the Raptors doing a much better job of locating guys, staying on a string as a five-man unit and defending from the second quarter onward. And then the, the offense started to pick up once guys started kind of, okay, muscle memory is creeping back in. All these, all these different versions of forming up off of drives and stuff like that, it's starting to click like, oh yeah, this is how I play off of this guy. That's the thing that started happening. The Raptors, a lot more in a groove afterwards. Bench guys, Malachi, you know, par for the course. There's a real game manager aspect to his, to his game. And so when he's coming off in shorter minutes, he might not run into the pockets of the game where he's supposed to be shooting or taking a lot of a lot of shots, and especially if he's going to be sharing the floor with one of Kyle or Fred. And there was a point in this game where 
none of the four big guys, OG, Kyle, Fred, or Pascal were on the floor, which didn't go super well for the Raptors. But I, I still like Malachi getting minutes as the lead guy because I think that he's a decent game manager even at this point in his career. And so that that's something he brings, but that also helps you kind of provide context for underwhelming numbers. He's not a gunner. He's not coming in to, you know, run pick and rolls to get his own offense. He's coming in to run pick and rolls to get the defense in motion and make decisions from there. If he feels like he's the one who's supposed to be shooting because that's what the defense is affording them, then you might see a game where he all of a sudden has 19 points, something like that. That will happen. But he's mostly just trying to come in and gain advantages for him and his teammates. And whichever it ends up being, that's what it is. And tonight, it was just more of the latter. It was more teammates, and he was just trying to fit in next to other guys. And that's not really a strong suit, but something he has to improve upon as you know as things go forward. Is he going to be a starting guard on this team anytime soon? Who's to say? If I had to guess, like, probably not soon. And so, you know, you have to learn to work alongside other starting guards. That's that's kind of how this works. Freddie Gillespie. My goodness. Five blocks for the guy. He is not afraid to insert himself into any defensive scenario. You'll see guys who decided they didn't want to make the help side rotation, and Freddie will be making it instead. And it's just, he has such a... He is driven to contest shots, and he's... I think there's, in his first 10 day, the guy took away like four absolutely star-stopping, star-struck, whatever the term should be. He took away some real man jams. Like, the dude was getting up, contesting people at the rim, whether it's, you know, DeMar DeRozan or Nathan Knight. Like, the guy was getting after it, contesting dunks that he had no business contesting although he thinks it's all his business, and that's exactly where he wants to be. That's what he wants to do. I like that a lot. I think that's great. I think it's commendable, and the five box tonight just shows that. He didn't convert on a couple jumpers, but he flashed some really good abilities to collect the basketball on numerous occasions, just a pocket pass that was maybe a little bit low, a pass that was hitting him on the short roll that was behind him. He's able to corral this stuff that you know, other centers on the team might not be able to do. That's meaningful. That's a good thing. He's trying to flash as many attributes, as many skills and tools as he can in the short time he gets to play. And I think he's done enough that he probably should be the same way that Utah got a standard NBA contract and he'll have a chance to guarantee it for next year if he makes the team out of camp. Like, he'll guarantee a certain sum of money. Freddie seems to be gunning for a similar type of situation. And I think he should be rewarded with a contract of some sort because he's he's been good. And I believe he's on his second 10-day anyway. But I just want to see them go further than that. That's something I want to see. Gary Trent, still not super successful defensively. And tonight, he didn't get to hunt shots the same way that he's been used to. And he is, you know, he's going to provide hot nights and he's going to provide cold nights. Everybody was acting like he was some sort of superstar or he's undeniably going to be a superstar after he had a couple hot shooting nights. But there were games prior to that where he was shooting like six of 29 for a stretch. And that's the thing that happens. Shooters will go cold and they'll get hot. So it's all part and parcel of the Gary Trent Jr. experience. That's going to be there. And it's important to just temper your expectations whichever way it goes. This is 
what happens with shooters that aren't Joe Harris, for example, who is just like an absolute heat pump and he hits shots like nobody's business. And there's a couple guys in the league like that, but Gary Trent Jr. is going to be, he'll have on cold starts. That's that's what's going to happen. What Nabe I thought was good, a little bit more muted than he has been of late, but there's more, there's more names, there's more shots that have to be allocated elsewhere, and that's perfectly fine. Chris Boucher, it, it appears, well, the report is that he sprained his knee, and that was after Timoth- Timothy Luwawu Cabarro landed on it, and immediately you could see Cabarro was like, oh, damn, sorry, man, like, I can't believe, because he hung on the rim a little bit longer so that Boucher could land, but then Boucher kind of did, like, a double jump, like, landed, then he stayed in the same spot, and so Cabarro thought he was going to move from the spot, he let go of the rim, and he landed on his ankle, and I guess the kinetic energy from the ankle, the ankle didn't give as much as it should have, so it passed to the knee, and he ended up spraining something in there, his left knee, I believe, so... It's uh he has torn his ACL before, so it's I'm glad it's not anything like that. A sprained knee that sucks, but at least it's not of as much worry as a lot of other injuries that can happen. But the Raptors, for the most part, um, impressive defense, impressive offensive showings by a few choice players, and they end up beating the Brooklyn Nets, one fourteen to one hundred three. Very impressed with this game. It's obviously if Brooklyn just had Kyrie this whole season. Who knows how this team looks? I think they'd be like a borderline playoff team. So the Raptors, they, they beat like functionally a borderline playoff team. But that's good. They're clearly going to try and get into the play-in. These are games you have to win. And if they keep playing like this, because there's a lot of teams that you can beat in the NBA when you play this type of game. And the Raptors did. So if they keep doing this, there'll be a lot of teams that don't want to see them in the play-in. And... They can they can play what's the term ruiner. There's somebody who ruins things at the end of seasons. It's a wet blanket, something like that. It's a synonym of ruiner, and ruiner isn't even a word. So just ignore me. I'm completely pointless. And why do you even bother to listen? But okay, the uh, <laughs> the Reggie Evans Award. Let's get into it. I am giving it to Pascal Siakam. Ability to get on the boards, grab and go, defend, everything all encompassed in there. Was very impressed with his stuff tonight. I talked about him a bunch at the top. He he had a great game. He was fantastic. I was very happy with what he provided. And uh, very little to no complaints from me regarding Pascal Siakam. So I enjoyed it a lot. Very eager and happy to give him the Reggie Evans Award. Was really happy with his performance. And the Raptors, they don't win without him playing the way that he did on both sides of the floor. He'll continue to be, you know, an important uh, pillar for the Raptors going into the future. Top quick reaction comment from Niagara underscore dude. Quote, love the play from our center position. Both Freddie Gillespie and Birch made key plays at key moments of the game. I would just sign Freddie Gillespie to a contract before someone else does after the 10 day. The guy blocks shots, changes shots, rebounds, set screens and defense in space. Almost everything Baines has not done this season. Sorry, tankers, but Nurse is not playing Baines again this season, end quote. Yeah, I hope Freddie gets signed. I think he's definitely, he's made a very compelling case, if not an objectively dominant one, um, considering, you know, guys on 10 days typically are not going to come in and change the fabric of, you know, the minutes that they're in. They're not going to be that affecting. The NBA is pretty good at recognizing talent. Sometimes they miss on guys. 
That's that's been the case. But usually teams can pick up on talent. Freddie Gillespie appears to be one of those guys who fell through the cracks. A few of those guys have ended up on the Raptors, and I think it would behoove them to keep him in-house. It's, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. And as far as Aaron Baines playing, yeah, I don't know if he's going to get much playing time the rest of the year, if any. So that's uh, an interesting thing, but thanks for writing in. Listener, thank you for listening, but whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.